And that just reassured me. God had this whole thing orchestrated. When the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary, when the angels appeared, he had a whole time frame set up that God knew about. And he knew that she would conceive. And then nine months later, at the very day, they happened to be traveling to Bethlehem for this giant census, you know, that, that the secular government was putting on, that this would all take place. And there would happen to be shepherds like who were, you know, made their way to that place that day maybe they would have been on the other side of the mountain the other the next day but god had this whole thing orchestrated and that it was even fulfilling you know a thousand year old prophecy that the messiah would come out of bethlehem so over a thousand years god was orchestrating to one specific moment in time and we're hearing that story today Welcome to the I Will Be Your Church podcast Christmas Week specials, where each day we examine a portion of the Christmas story and discover new thoughts and insights into what really happened. Join us as we explore a familiar story with fresh eyes. Also this week, if you're interested in hearing how an investigative journalist and atheist who sought to investigate and disprove the life of Jesus actually became a believer after his research. Then check out our Facebook pages all week as we share parts of his story. You can also learn more about him by checking out his book, The Case for Christ. His name is Lee Strobel. So come on into the virtual sanctuary and let's examine the birth of Jesus. Today we're continuing the story of the birth of Jesus. And we're going to be talking today from the book of Luke, chapter 2. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth, and laid him in a manger, because there was no lodging available for them. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, "'Don't be afraid,' he said." I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the very armies of heaven. They were praising God and saying, 
Glory to God in the highest heavens and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. So a couple things really stand out to me in these passages of scripture. First, that the very first people who were told about this baby, this Messiah, this Savior, were just common people, just common men out in the middle of their fields. You know, it's the nighttime, they're just laying there, maybe sitting around a campfire. That's who God decided to first reveal this to, just average people like you and me, got to see angels (laughs) and got to see the very hosts, the armies of heaven, it says, and were a witness to first that miracle, and then were able to see the child and see Jesus, which I just think is cool. I think it just gives you hope that God does care about getting the message to just everyday average people. The other thing that struck me that I never really thought about was how do we know about this story? Well, this is the book of Luke again. So Luke got eyewitness accounts. Mm -hmm. That's how he he developed and wrote the book of Luke, was by going out and finding the people who experienced Mm -hmm. these events. So Luke found some shepherds who could tell them what happened that night and explain it to him so that he could write this account. And I never really thought about that before, but there you go. We think, you know, thankful for Luke. I'm thankful that he took the time to write that initial paragraph in the first chapter of the book you know, where he says he he went out and investigated and found the eyewitness accounts. Because again, we're just talking about, these are outlandish stories to some people. Mm-hmm. And yet he's saying, nope, these are eyewitness accounts. And I, I don't know, that just, it's exciting to think about that. And think about back then, an eyewitness account, that was considered good as gold. Like if you had two or three witnesses, you could put someone to death even if it was just hearsay, but if you had two or three witnesses, that was credible. You know, it's different. People lie every minute of their lives in our society, right? But back then, people spoke the truth. Like they held to their word. It was a different type of a culture. These were eyewitness accounts. Another thing that jumps out to me, I just thought about this, how it was saying that uh, while they were there in Bethlehem, the, the time came for her baby to be born. And that just reassured me. God had this whole thing orchestrated. When the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary, when the angels appeared, he had a whole time frame set up that God knew about. And he knew 
that she would conceive. And then nine months later, at the very day, they happened to be traveling to Bethlehem for this giant census, you know, that, that the secular government was putting on, that this would all take place. And there would happen to be shepherds like who were, you know, made their way to that place that day. Maybe they would have been on the other side of the mountain the, other, the next day. But God had this whole thing orchestrated and that it was even fulfilling, you know, a thousand-year-old prophecy that the Messiah would come out of Bethlehem. So over a thousand years, God was orchestrating to one specific moment in time. And we're hearing that story today. Well, if God can do that, and this is a very detailed explanation of how it all came about, I think he can take care of us in our daily lives. I think we can trust him. You know, that scripture that says God works all things for the good, of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. God is able to work things out in our lives if we allow him to. Remember, both Mary and Joseph at this time surrendered their lives completely to God and to his purpose, right? We heard those the last two days, their prayers. And if that is our prayer, to completely surrender our lives to the Lord and his leading, he will direct our paths. He will bring our life to a place of goodness in him. Doesn't mean we're going to be the richest person in the world because obviously Mary had her baby in a, in a barn. Jesus had to be put in a feed trough wrapped up in just strips of cloth. And then what that speaks to me is it's not necessarily God's concern about riches and honor in the world's sense. He's concerned about his will and the spiritual things that are happening at any given moment, that's way more important than the physical situation that we're in. You know, I think we put more emphasis on the physical situation. What, what's, what am I eating? What am I wearing? Where am I living? What's my job? What are all the possessions that I have? And that's makes me who I am. Yet this God was saying the savior of all mankind, the Messiah, and how are you going to recognize him? <laughs> You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a food trough <laughs> in a barn. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's what God can do. I just want to speak to anyone who's listening today who may be where you were born was like that. You were born in filth, surrounded by animals. God can take you from that place and bring you out. And the fact Mm -hmm. that we have a Savior, you have a Lord, you have a God who knows what that is, who knows what it is to be in a manger, in a food trough, surrounded by animals. You have a Savior who knows that. And so if that was you at some point, He's there saying, I can bring you out of that. I can bring you farther than that. I can bring you higher than that. What an amazing story today. Shepherds seeing angels in the highest of heavens, a savior born into the most humblest of experiences, and eyewitness accounts to just amazing things and a thousand-year plan for it all to happen that way.
as you go about your day today, think about that. Think about what Ben was saying, that God has a plan and a purpose and a will, and all you have to do is say, God, show it to me. Take me where your will wants to take me. Ben and I and our whole church family want to wish all of you who have been listening this past month a Merry Christmas and a blessed and fulfilled New Year. Remember to check us out at IWillBeYourChurch.com and subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss a day.